All right, guys, welcome back to our uh, Kentucky football show here on Southeastern 14. I know a very creative name, but uh, we'll, we'll come up with a better one at some point, Stuart. But uh, Stuart Lackey joins me once again, and a lot of great feedback to the show we did last week. Again, you can find the full episode in our podcast feed. Go to Southeastern 14, any podcast app you use, find us there. Uh, we had several videos up on the channel. A lot of great feedback, as we talked about a variety of topics last week, Stuart, uh, touching on uh, of course, Devin Leary's arrival um, and just the offensive line. Can it be improved? Looking at Kentucky's schedule, how much opportunity there is there. But speaking of the schedule, we're here. <laughs> Game one. Like, it's finally here, Stuart. So yes. got to be excited, right? So um, we're going to look at this Ball State matchup for the Cats. Uh, they'll kick off on Saturday, week one, uh, officially here. And Stuart, I guess just to, to start off with here, you know, general thoughts heading into this, and we'll kind of look at each team and give some thoughts. Again, if you want to find uh, folks, if you're a Kentucky fan on the channel, uh, we did do kind of a matchup preview on this a couple of weeks ago. You can uh, check out uh, me and Chris Lee talking about that one a bit. We're going to go a little more in depth on this one here. Um, Stuart, what stands out about this matchup, Kentucky and Ball State? Well, you got to start with Kentucky, Blake, and their preparation for the season. You know, the schedules we talked about last time sets up well for a quick start. And it's funny when you talk to Mark Stoops, you know, now in his 11th season, when he is quiet about preparation and how the team is playing and coming out of fall camp, he typically feels very confident. And I think he feels extremely confident going into this part of the schedule and specifically Ball State, uh, not answering a lot of specific questions, but I think he's got um, a reason to be excited and uh, optimistic about his team's start. I mean, again, it starts with Leary. Um, I think you'll see, for me, to start out, you'll see Kentucky um, open up against Ball State. Liam Cohen wants to establish Leary, get him comfortable. I think you'll see um, a, a pretty steady dose of, of Ray Davis. But make no mistake, they're going to test that secondary of Ball State. And I think as the game wears on, look for Leary to put up actually some pretty impressive numbers offensively, stressing those linebackers and, and secondary Ball State uh, with the right, wide receivers and the tight ends that Kentucky has. Uh, so that stands out. I think it's getting Leary comfortable and then opening up the playbook a little bit more as the game goes on offensively. Yeah. Just some notes on Ball State. If you're a Kentucky fan, maybe you haven't researched them a little bit. It's a team that goes 5-7 and seven last year, as we'll talk about, did add some new pieces to the mix uh, in a variety of areas. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's a team that lost 59-10 to 10 to Tennessee to start the season last year in Knoxville. But after that, if you look at their entire schedule as a whole, they had eight games decided by – seven points or less last year. So one of those teams that, you know, you could look one way or the other and say, hey, things could have went better this way, uh, losing, you know, a seven point by a touchdown to Western Michigan. They lose to Eastern Michigan, 20 to 16, Toledo, 28, 21, Miami of Ohio to end the season, 18, 17. So a team that had a lot of those close games. But as we'll talk about, Stuart, um, this is a Paul State team that, like we see with many MAC teams, offense probably going to be something where you you see some guys on that side of the, the ball that can really, you know, make some plays and they're going to add a new quarterback this year. And Lane Hatcher comes over, yep. uh, experienced QB, 10,000 passing yards in his career. Um, and so I think that's significant for an offense that it seemed like last year, uh, Carson Steele was huge at running back. Now he's at UCLA, but, um, you know, that's an offense that sometimes struggled to get going. But I think this year, maybe look at that from the start here in a game where, you know, you're going up against Kentucky team that obviously can, can play well on the defensive side, but, I'm curious to see what this Ball State offense looks like. Yeah, you mentioned Lane Hatcher, you know, six feet, you know, 215. Many people may not remember. This guy was an absolute 
beast coming out of high school in the state of Arkansas. He was Gatorade National Player of the Year. I think as a high school uh, player, he, he went 45 and one and walked on at, at Alabama under Nick Saban yeah. before transferring uh, to Arkansas State and then most recently to Texas State. As you mentioned, he's thrown for over 2,000 yards the last three seasons. Uh, he's not going to be scared to, to 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 air it out, so to speak. And so it really depends for him. What I believe is, you know, the inexperience of his wide receiving core. They absolutely got you know decimated at that position. They've got a lot of talent, but it's young. And so it's it, it's really going to be interesting to see what kind of pressure Kentucky's defense. We can talk about that in a little bit, but it's going to be about Hatcher. He uh, he actually won the job in in fall camp against a true freshman. Uh, and you might see that that individual as well on Saturday, depending on how things go. But, yeah, it all starts with Hatcher. The guy's 24 years old. He's played a ton of football. He's not going to be intimidated uh, about, a you know, a stacked crowd, uh, packed crowd at, at Kroger Field on Saturday. Yeah, that's definitely one interesting aspect of the offense. We talked about kind of the – they're going to have to replace some of their top wide receivers and kind of looking at that position, it looks like there's, there, there's some inexperience there. And, again, as we're going to talk about maybe as a theme – not a lot of guys who've necessarily played together um, and in that particular group wide receiver. So we'll see what Lane Hatcher can do to kind of bring some of those guys along. Uh, running back, I think, is something where, like we said, they had, they had Carson Steele last year. He transfers to UCLA, huge season. But they had someone from the conference in Marquez Cooper uh, who's rushed for at least 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns the past two seasons at Kent State. So he's yep. kind of a dynamic guy. I think that will be very interesting for this offense for Ball State too. Yeah, for sure. And again, it's 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 transfer portal, this theme of and I, you know, we might have talked about this last time, you know, in this day and age of college football, when trans when the transfer portal, you know, opened and became this, you know, this process where people could go and kind of reignite a career or finish a, a career at a different place. You know, this isn't a situation where people leave a uh, school and go to another one and kind of like work their way in. I mean, they're expected to contribute at a high level immediately and so it's it's an interesting departure from say 15 or you know 20 years ago in college football somebody came in they had to sit out a year it was going to take time to gel that's not the case these folks are supposed to come in and actually be able to be productive you know after being together for six months say uh and and you know do something meaningful uh with you know with the effort so it'll be interesting to see you take these different pieces a lot of experience how are they going to gel on the offensive side of the football yeah, and with Cooper, by the way, just kind of looking this up here, he's, I mean, you talk about a guy with accolades. Um, you know, like I said, 2022 All-Mac first team. He's 2023 Maxwell Award watch list. Um, preseason All-Mac pretty much by every publication out there. So that is, and look, he's, he's 5'8", 184. And yeah. they, you know, they've kind of described him as he's the home run guy. Like he's the guy who can, on one play, can put up points. And so I think that's something certainly – for the Kentucky defense. And we'll just kind of go with it this way, Stuart. If we look at it from Kentucky's standpoint on defense, um, what are you looking for just in terms of maybe on that side of the ball here in this opener, given everything we just talked about with Ball State? Sure. Blake, I'm looking for Deion Walker to come off a and continue from his freshman campaign and absolutely have a monster game. A 6'6", 345, an absolute beast. Uh, you know, freshman All-American honors. All SEC uh, first team freshman. I mean, this guy, the the secret's out, and this guy's an absolute beast. Uh, he's a major NFL prospect. He's flanked on either side by, by Octavius Oxendine and Josiah Hayes, both also uh, you know massive skilled people uh, at the defensive tackle uh, and in position. So Brad White usually three down. 
And, and those guys will get a lot of pressure, I suspect, again, on Hatcher and that offensive line. Now, Ball State's offensive line has got some experience as well, but I look for that. And then the linebacking core will absolutely, uh, you know, throw a lot of different looks uh, at the offense. And I think, you know, have an opportunity to, you know, uh, uh, grab some turnovers. And we can talk about the secondary effort in a second. But, yeah, it all starts up front. And Deion Walker, I think, is best in class when we think about, you know, uh, nose tackles uh, in the SEC. For sure. I was going to mention too, by the way, I, I forgot to mention him a second ago, but Brady Hunt, they're, they're all um, Mac tight end as someone too. I was like, I think I mentioned this one. I was like, no, wait, that was the previous video I mentioned that in, but to circle back around on Brady Hunt. Um, Hunt's, he, Hunt's, yeah, he's six, seven. He's a beast, yeah. right? He's two, 225. He's going to get open. He's going to get some looks and, and he'll be an outlet for, for Hatcher for sure. Yeah, I would definitely look for him to be uh, certainly maybe the top option there right off the bat, just given everything we've seen from him against someone who's pre pretty much preseason all-Mac by every publication out there, Mackey Award watch list guy. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on Brady Hunt as well on that offensive side for Ball State. All right, let's go to the flip side of this, um, Stuart. Let's, let's talk about Ball State on the defensive side for Kentucky fans here. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think you look at this team and just kind of – I think you've got it best. Like it, it feels like it's a solid group up front. If you look at that front seven, especially it's a solid group, some guys that have played. Um, and that is something that definitely stands out, but it's on the back end. And we kind of alluded to that earlier where you've got a lot of new guys sort of joining the mix. And, you know, for some people, they may say, maybe that's a good thing because they didn't get a lot of big plays last year. The stat we brought up in the preview we did a couple of weeks ago um, only seven interceptions. Like they just did not force a lot of mistakes in that area, just in terms of takeaways through the air. Um, so what stands out for you here? If you're looking at it from ball state's defense? Well, again, a lot of experience up front, um, you know, coach Mike knew, you know, he's, he's a ball state alum. And I think what he's coached professionally coached in the Canadian football league, the arena football league, he's going to bring a, a consistency. Um, those guys will play in position. They're not going to make mistakes. They just might get out physical, right? And so, again, they've got experience up front. They've got a lot of playing experience and snaps at the linebacker position. And, you know, he I know he feels good about what he's going to be able to bring, at least kind of with his front seven on defense. And, again, it, it's going to be a situation of attrition, I think. Those guys will, will be able to probably make it interesting, throw some looks at Kentucky uh, in the first quarter, and then it's going to be a, a situation, okay, over the, over the latter half of the football game, depth will come into play. And then scheme, obviously, for Kentucky and the talent, stressing those linebackers. I mean, Kentucky's going to have, you know, wealth of options at tight end um, and obviously wide receiver to, you know, to, to put some uh, put those guys in an interesting position to try to cover a lot of talent. So, um, again, it's not going to be mistakes, mistakes of, um, you know, omission. Those guys are going to play sound football and it's going to just it's going to be talent on talent. And I think, again, it's, you know, it's a 20, I guess, what, a 26 and a half point spread for a reason. So um, but, yeah, those are some things that stand out to me. Yeah. And I think we always talk about this and to kind of tie it in some other SEC games we previewed, like, a, you know, a Tennessee, Virginia games like that. It's if you're looking for the recipe for the underdog here, especially in like a, an SEC Mac type game. It's yeah. you got to be able to force mistakes on the other side. And I think that's where I'm, I'm very curious if Ball State can do that. And to kind of flip that into Kentucky's offense, you said it earlier. I mean, I just – I would have to think. And to me, this is one of those things, and I know sometimes we can hype this up a little bit, but I, I think you want to come out and make a statement. When you when you have kind of the, the pieces in place, you know, you don't want to give everything away in week one. We understand that. But I think if you're Liam Cohen coming back, you've got Devin Leary joining the mix, Ray Davis comes in, you've got – 
a tremendous wide receiver group, as we talked about, tight end group. I mean, I would expect you would really want to see Kentucky do some things early here and just kind of set the tone, maybe even for the season, um, and just kind of showcase all the talent they have on that side of the ball there. Yeah. Uh, again, I think, you know, Liam Cohen back from, you know, two years ago, arguably, you know, there's many inside the the, the Kentucky camp, Lake that feel uh, that Devin Leary is an upgrade over Will Levis in terms of his ability, you know, to deliver the short and, and intermediate pass, right, with a lot of touch and precision. And again, I think Cohen's going to try to put him in a position to be successful very early, uh, you know, get get Ray Davis involved. But you're going to see some you're going to see the offense, I think, open up and really stress that Ball State secondary showcasing Barry on Brown and Dane Key, the dynamic sophomore duo. And then there's a, there's a number of other wide receiver options that are going to get some playing time on Saturday. Tavion Robinson, the transfer, the super senior, uh, back for one last year uh, from Virginia Tech, um, has a lot of uh, lot of work to do. He, he, he excelled early in the season last year and then kind of quit on his teammates by all accounts. And I know he has made a, a recommitment to the team and to the game and, uh, and to Liam Cohen to, to be that – uh, experience in, in wide receiver uh, position. We don't talk a lot about him, but yeah, a wealth of options, get Leary going and then open it up maybe as the game goes on. So Cohen's not going to be afraid to do that for sure. Special teams, always something we talk about. Uh, I know you feel like Kentucky should be improved there in terms of just the the kicking. Obviously it has to be better, but um, I would think that will, that will take a, a step forward this season as well. So. Well, it can't go backwards much, right? We, it's just <laughs> atrocious effort, you know, probably cost Kentucky two games last year. Uh, everything from poor holding to, you know, uh, bad snaps, uh, you know, missed kicks, inconsistency. We had some really interesting things in the punting game. So he went out, Stoops went out and, and got Jay Bullware to coach running backs, but also to be the exclusive special and only special teams coach, uh, you know, responsible for that. Um, it's interesting. They have a uh, a short snapper and a long snapper, which I've never seen before, as designated roster positions on this Kentucky team. Uh, they went out and got a place kicker from Georgia Southern. Uh, the kid uh, apparently was just uh, automatic during training camp. I think missed one out of 10 on long field goals, I think, during one of their last practices. And so Stoops, I think, is really high on the kicking game, maybe perhaps more than he's than he's ever been. Um, and, and they made a commitment, Blake, in the offseason – uh, to shore that up. And I think they've done it. Like you said, if you're, you know, if you're someone out there looking to bet on this game and, and look at the different things, of course, we do a betting show every week with Brian Edwards here, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about this one uh, on Thursday or Friday, but I mean, like you said, Stuart, I mean, Kentucky's a 26 and a half point favorite here. The cats should win big. Um, it does feel, and, and I think, you know, talked about this before. I feel like there, there is the potential for both teams to put up some points here, especially with Hatcher coming in on the offensive side. And we talked about Cooper and, and those guys. So one big play, I could see that even against a really strong Kentucky defense, the over under set at 48 and a half. So if you're curious about those kind of things, uh, I, I would probably think there could be some points put up definitely on both sides here although maybe more yep. so on Kentucky's side uh, for sure. But anything else, Stuart, yep. in terms of just what you're looking for, storylines coming in, coming out of this game, uh, and maybe anything else you want to add here for this Kentucky Ball State matchup? No, I think I think for the Kentucky side, it's clean football. It's you know sending a message uh, that 
Bucky, maybe Blake has the most complete team in the Mark Stoops era. And, you know, we really didn't talk about that offensive line. I think one of the other call-outs for Kentucky is how well with that offensive line. Now there are multiple people back in their natural positions. I think about Kenneth Horsey. I think about Jagger Burton moving to center. Most people probably don't know Burton was actually a fullback in high school early before he transitioned to uh, the offensive line. And I know Cohen is going to try to use uh, Burton's skill to get maybe second uh, on some of the, the scheme that they're going to show uh, to take advantage of some of that blocking skill. But, you know, you bring in two tackles, um, you know, Jeremy Flax, I think, earned uh, the starting nod going into the first game over Cortland Ford. And then you've got um, on the left side, you've got Marcus Cox, again, the transfer from Northern Illinois. Those are going to be the things that I'm going to look for on Saturday. How well can Kentucky pass protect against a, you know, a very senior and tenured defensive front for Ball State? And uh, again, it is the Mac, but I think you're going to know a lot about Kentucky's ability to protect Leary pretty early. So look for that. Uh, again, I think there's a lot of optimism. Uh, again, but I think if you look at the roster, the two deep, probably the most uh, depth and consistent across all positions that Mark Stoops has had at Kentucky. So, again, I think that's why the optimism is so high. And, uh, you know, we'll see on Saturday. It all starts then. Yep, it does. And again, if you're looking for sort of uh, some history here for Ball State against power conference opponents, you go back to 21. They lost at Penn State 44-13. We know every season different now, but just to give you. Kind of a reference, as we said, they lost to Tennessee 59 to 10 last year. And oh, by the way, I don't think Ball State's going to be looking ahead, but I can't imagine there's a tougher sort of start here for them at Kentucky on Saturday at Georgia next Saturday. So not an easy start there for this Ball State team that's trying to add some new pieces to the mix there. Right, Stuart? So yeah, get get ready. I mean, it's time to strap it on and, and play some football. And, uh, you know, again, though, these guys, I mean, these Mac schools, it's not how it used to be. Nobody's going to be afraid to play football on Saturday on Ball State side. They're going to pin their ears back and they're going to give everything they have. They've got a lot of experience. And so, you know, it should be good, clean football from them. And, you know, Kentucky's job is to assert itself and, and use its weapons. So um, I, I just incidentally, you're talking about points. If you're into that kind of thing, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a high scoring game and I look for uh, the over on, on this one as well. So um, yeah, not, not uh, advice. Yeah. Excited to see these two quarterbacks uh, in new locations here. Should be a lot of fun to see what these offenses look like. But as we said, also, a lot of intriguing storylines on this Kentucky defense heading into the season. Uh, Stuart, as always, a fun conversation. And it's like, you know, this is pretty quick, but like now we actually get stuff to start reacting to. We, we don't have to talk about the hype anymore, but after the game is played, we actually get to break stuff down in terms of what we saw and everything like that. So that should be a fun time. Blake, one one more thing to add. You know, we didn't really talk about the Kentucky linebacking core, but look for yep. J.J. Weaver. Alex Safari. I mean, these guys are dudes and they are, they will absolutely thump you and they've got skill uh, to, to play on the edges. Uh, look for a, a big game from the linebackers. And then, you know, still relatively unknown, the, the secondary of Kentucky, I think they've got a shot to turn over, um, you know, Hatcher and, and maybe get an interception or two on Saturday, depending on the scenario. So I'm looking for turnovers on defense and look for those players uh, to have it a big game. Yeah, not a lot of, I mean, of course, we know kind of what the marquee games are on the schedule in week one for the SEC, LSU, Florida State, South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida, Utah is interesting on Thursday night. We said Tennessee, Virginia, uh, maybe for different reasons, just in terms of seeing what the balls look like. But I think this is one that maybe won't get a lot of attention just in a, a loaded week one across the country. But as we said, there are a lot of fun sort of storylines 
heading into this one uh, for both teams uh, for the opener. So yeah. 12 p.m. Eastern kickoff, uh, 11 Central there at Kroger Field in Lexington. And we will be watching and give you guys lots of thoughts coming out of it next week when we talk to Stuart again. Stuart, always a fun conversation, and we'll catch up again next week. Blake, always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thanks. All right, guys, be sure to hit that subscribe button here at Southeastern 14. Again, if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, go to YouTube, search for Southeastern 14, follow us there. You'll find several clips from this conversation with Stuart. And as always, uh, we appreciate all your support of all of our SEC stuff. The season is here. And so hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate it. But for Stuart Lackey, I'm Blake Lovell. Thanks for watching. And we'll talk to you guys here soon at Southeastern 14.